You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Are you ready for the Word of God? Are you ready to do the declaration? If you're visiting with us for the very first time, just follow on the overhead and make this declaration with us. Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, give the Lord a hand. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say to them, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Keep on smiling. I know you have a lot to be happy about. Amen. Maybe you're going through some challenges or difficulties, but remember, when your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, You have reason to rejoice. You have reason to smile. You have reason to be happy. Amen. So today I want to minister a message, jumpstart your life. The past two years, for most of us, it's been quite challenging. Things that you thought you were going to do, get ahead, you now feel like you're behind. Amen. It's very interesting that the Bible's got so much to say about God hastening things in our lives. God is faithful. God is good. Even if you've been going through some challenging times, God wants to restore every area of your life. Amen? He hasn't changed His mind concerning you. He's still thinking good things about you. The good future that He has planned for you, He still wants to fulfill those things. When we apply God's Word, we can jumpstart our life. Turn to the person next to you and say, get ready to jumpstart your life. I can tell you, if God is going to jumpstart your life, it involves purpose. It involves destiny. That which God has called you to do. If you want God to do something in your life, make sure to include God in your life. Ask yourself the question, why do I want to jumpstart my life? Why do I want to just, bah? You know, here in South Africa, it's, uh, when there's a long queue, you want to jump the queue or skip the line. So I almost made that the sermon topic, but it was just too negative. I was thinking, no. But sometimes God will allow you to advance. That's the grace of God. God is helping us. Amen? Sometimes things don't make sense. You look at one person, you're thinking, I'm working harder than that person. I'm doing more than that person. But it's like that person had a jump start. So I want to share some of these secrets and riches from the Word of God this morning. Amen? If you have a Passion Translation with you, go to Psalm 25, verse 12. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. But still one question remains. How do I live in the holy fear of God? Ecclesiastes says that at the end, the most important thing is the fear of God. How do we finish strong? How do I live in the holy fear of God? Show me the right path to take. 
more than anything right now. What should I do? What is the right path, God? Lead me, guide me. Who are they that live in the holy fear of God? Verse 13, then prosperity and favor will be my portion and my descendants will inherit all that is good. The decisions you make, the path you take, will not just only impact your life, but those that will follow after you. There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near Him and receive the revelation secrets of His promises. This is the secret revealed to those who fear God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Amen. Every time it talks about purpose and destiny, you'll see the fear of the Lord. The New King James translation says that the secrets of God, His covenant is revealed to those who fear Him. Fear of God is not to be scared of God. But it's to honor God. The fear of God is to hate sin. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. Do you know that you have a divine purpose? Divine calling? Things that God has predestined for you right from the beginning. Gifts that He's placed on the inside of you. Strengths that He's placed on the inside of you. Things that are unique to you so that you can fulfill your purpose in life. Can I tell you something? You cannot think yourself to success. You cannot think yourself to success. You're going to have to change a few things in your life if you want to be successful. If you want a six-pack, you're going to have to confront a few things, make a few changes, amen? Winter is coming, so <laughs> we have to be ready, Amen. Be successful. Everybody wants to be successful. From a natural point of view and a supernatural point of view. There are things naturally possible, and then there's supernaturally God can do things in your life. When the super touches the natural, it becomes supernatural. Divine nature, your human nature. From a human nature, or human point of view, you'll often hear people talk about the 10,000 rule. Have you heard about the 10,000 rule? That if you do something very, continue to do something for 10,000 hours, you'll become great at it. Sometimes we don't have that much time, but one thing that I've seen with young people these days, they're busy with so much things when it comes to media, when it comes to technology, that you, you find children that are two years old, Spoke to a friend of mine the other day. says his granddaughter is two years old. She sends him a picture of herself on the phone. Young people today, teenagers busy editing videos on their cell phone. I mean, I wouldn't know where to start to do it on a computer. I want to say that those kind of things can help you in life. Go and experiment with some things. Like young people on their phone, don't experiment with the wrong things, amen? You know where you shouldn't go, amen? But just make a decision to improve yourself even with 1% every day. Just try and do something better 1% every day. 
Try and be 1% friendlier every day. Smile 1% more every day. And after 100 days, your smile will be 100% better. Amen? Don't you think your environment will improve? Sometimes you're going to have to step out and just do new things. The other day I went and watched uh, somebody in the church, their daughter does high jump. So I was just watching there how the people were jumping, and there was one, one of the girls jumped over like just with her legs like that. And I actually went and looked at it, and that's how they used to do it in the 50s and 60s. That's how they used to do it, jump like that. And Dick Falsbury was the guy that had very long legs, that he tried something new. And they actually called it the Falsbury flop. He said, no, you cannot do that. It's wrong. His coach was actually very angry with him because he started doing that. But sometimes you're going to have to change things, experiment with things. To make a long story short, they, they first stopped him to do that labeled it as something negative but the one day his coach saw him jumping like that like what we think is the right way today with, to go with your back first and he actually saw that he's jumping much higher and he continued jumping like that and in 1968 he actually won a gold medal at the olympic games guess how everybody's jumping today like dick forsbury so sometimes what God has placed on the inside when you start to try new things, those witty inventions and ideas, don't give up on it. Amen? People might even label it as negative, but don't give up, just go on. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. God wants to reveal things that you don't even know about yourself. We have God helping us. You are linked up with God. Go and ask God how to be a better husband. There's some things that you don't even know that you can do better to be a better husband, a better wife, a better parent. Who of you would like to jumpstart your marriage a little bit? Ask God. He will show you things. To be a better connect group leader to be a better businessman, just to be a better Christian, a better worker. God can reveal these things to you. When last did you ask God, show me hidden things, secret things? Can I tell you something? Faith is for the impossible, not for the possible. God wants to help us and assist us. In life, you're going to have to face some giants. Not be comfortable, but be a little bit uncomfortable and face those things. Fears that you have, allowing God to change those things to become opportunities. Difficulties that you've been facing. In this time where people have been going through challenging times, it's the time to turn to God and say, God, show me. Lead me. What is it that I can do different? Amen? Do you know why I want to do a lot of these things? Not just for me. But Psalm 25 says, 
for my descendants so that I can show my children a more excellent way. Amen? If you're a parent, just be honest. 80% of the things that you are doing is not for yourself, it's for your children. Sacrifices that you are making, commitments that you've made, it's for your children. And I'll tell you, God will make it beautiful in its time. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes 3. I want to read from verse 9. What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? I've seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to end. Family, listen to me. Even if you've got eternity in your heart, even if you are linked up with God, you're not always going to know how God does things. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Amen. Sounds like there's an alarm going on outside. Amen. Don't worry, the guys will attend to that quickly. Verse 12, I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. Can I read it again? I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it that men should fear before Him. Even if God has placed eternity in your heart, there are certain things that you won't understand. That's the grace of God. But you have this assurance that God will make it beautiful in its time. From a natural point of view, we can do what we have to do. But God is the one that will make it beautiful in its time. Isaiah 60 verse 22 says, A little one will become a thousand. A small one, a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. Who does the hastening? God. That's why it's very important to include God in everything, every area of your life. We can still understand the little one becomes a thousand. A small one, a strong nation. One puts a thousand to flight, two ten thousand. From a natural point of view, you think one puts a thousand to flight, two two thousand. But God says, no, my ways are not your ways. Often time, when the super touch touches the natural, you'll see something that's supernatural, something that's just miraculous. In the book of Amos, we see something very unusual. The book of Amos 9 verse 3 says, Behold, the days are coming when the plowman shall overtake the reaper. The one that's plowing will overtake the one that's reaping. Wow. That's impossible. You know what that means? It means God is going to allow you to enjoy the fruit when you've not even planted. That's something that's supernatural. Enjoying the harvest of the grapes. Amen. The treader of grapes, him who sows the seed. 
the fruit that you're enjoying and you haven't even planted a seed. Many of you sitting here, what you have accomplished in your life already, the price that other people have paid, the sacrifice that other people have paid to get to that place, you've not done it. God has done something supernatural in your life. Can you imagine God just hastening it in your life? I want to tell you one thing. If you've asked God for that kind of a miracle in your life, say, God, do something supernatural in my life. Make good on your promises because God has made good on His promises towards you. Amen? Many of us have asked God for those kind of things and God wants to do those kind of things in your life. Let me read verse 15. In that which is already been and what is to be has already been and God requires an account. If you've asked God to do something supernatural, what will you do with that supernatural that God allows in your life? Because God will require an account. When we ask God to bless us, it's not just for us to be blessed, but He blesses us to be a blessing, to go out and to make a difference. Remember this year, a life rich towards God. Are you living that kind of a life? A life rich towards God? We want God to jumpstart our lives, give us a head start. But if God does it, what are you going to do with it? Is it just for yourself? Are you asking it for yourself? God is more committed to your future than what you realize. It's time for you to become committed to your future. Turn to the person next to you and say, become committed to your future. Tell them again, say, become committed to your future. Are you committed to your future and what God wants to do in your life? I want you to challenge your heart. Look at your heart, what's going on. So I want to look at some practical things. I've, I've touched on the supernatural. One puts a thousand to fly to ten thousand. A little one will become a thousand, a small one, a strong nation. Before you have sown the seed, you're enjoying the fruit of the vineyard. The plowman overtaking the reapers, supposed to get taking in the harvest before you've even plowed. That's supernatural. If God does it, it's amazing. But usually when God does it, it's when people have come before him concerning their destiny, their purpose, and say, God, I know you've called me for this. Help me so that I can get to that place much quicker. Be good on your promise as well. Amen. Now I want to look at some of the things from a natural point of view. Are you ready for that? What are the practical things that you can do to fulfill that vision, that purpose, that plan that God has got for you? The Bible says in Psalm 57 verse 2, I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill His purpose for me. Turn to the person next to you say, discover your purpose. Tell them again, say, discover your purpose. Your divine calling. God has given you certain gifts, certain strengths, made you who you are so that you can fulfill your purpose, your dream. Have you ever heard people say it's easier to fulfill your dream with a team or the dream team? 
if you want to be successful in life, you have to discover your purpose. I can assure you, your purpose, your destiny is always linked to people. As a matter of fact, your relationship with God depends far more on the relationship that you have with people around you than what you realize. I'll tell you this, to fulfill your purpose, it's much easier in a team. Much easier. It's much easier for me to look good with the whole team that I've got here around me. The band worshiping, the usher serving, the people in the car park, the children's church, the media. I mean, there's so many departments just on a Sunday functioning that help us fulfill our purpose. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say you have a purpose. Can I give you the good news? You're sitting here with excuses in your heart. But the truth is, whatever God wants to do in your life, He's provided for that already. For you to be successful, God has provided that already. When Israel was in Egypt in bondage, say we are not free, cannot do what we're supposed to do. When they were calling out to God, Moses was already born. The principle in that is, whatever you are asking God to do in your life, He's provided the answer already. When Abraham was going up one side of the mountain to sacrifice his son, remember? What was his confession? What did he declare to the servants? When they said, where are you going? He says, we're going yonder to worship. Why? Because he knew God had provided the answer already. While he was walking up on the one side, God was sending a ram on the other side. On your journey to the top to do what God has called you to do, you might just see this mountain that you're climbing up, but on the other side, God has provided the answer, the solution to the challenges that you are facing already. Amen? That's why I could say, I'm going to worship. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're going to make it. You may not know how it's going to happen. You may not have heard. Maybe you cannot see it, but you can know that God has provided the answer and the solution. Doesn't Romans teach us that? Romans 8, that everything works together for the good, for those who love Him. Amen. I want to encourage you, go take some time and think upon the things that God is busy doing. Think about how God is working out the answer. When you cannot see it, thank Him. Thank Him. Amen? What are you thinking upon in this time? Remember, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. What is going on in your heart? What are you desiring? What are you desiring? The greatest mistake we make is we focus too much on what we don't have instead of seeing what we have. Am I talking to the right people here? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings 4. The first step is to look on the inside. Go look on the inside. The promises that God has given you, the gifts that God has given you, the strengths that God has given you. 
things that are happening on the outside is never an excuse. What's happening on the inside? 2 Kings 4 verse 2. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Your maidservant has nothing in the house. Don't focus on what you don't have, but what you have. Don't focus on what you don't want in your life. Focus on what you want. Amen? She said, your maidservant has nothing but a jar of oil. I want to ask you, what is it that you have in your house? What is it that you have in your hand that God can use to do a miracle in your life? Let's read on verse 3. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. I want to say the first thing that I want to say here that I'm so grateful that God can use empty vessels. <laughs> Amen. So grateful that God can use empty vessels. Fill them with His oil, His presence, and make them useful. Can I tell you something? The size of the miracle was not dependent upon God, but it was dependent upon their capacity, the amount of vessels. God gives us the Spirit without measure. It's when the vessel ceased that the oil ceased. Your emptiness is not an excuse to start doing what God has placed on the inside of your heart to do. Do you hear what I've just said? Your emptiness, feeling empty on the inside, God, how can you use me? It's not an excuse not to start to do what God has called you to do. Because if you come to Him and ask, Lord, fill me, He'll fill you with His presence. Many are called, few are chosen. Are you ready to respond to what God has called you to do? Let me see, who's had a promise on the inside of them that God has given you? Raise your hand. Now, who of you felt like an empty vessel? More empty vessels than promises that God has given. God has given us the Spirit without measure. So it's never an excuse. So grateful that God can use empty vessels. Start to think upon those promises that God has given you. Can I challenge you? That which God has placed on the inside, how long do you want to wait before you're going to start doing it? 
How long will you wait? Your emptiness is not an excuse to do what God has called you to do. An empty vessel can be filled with the presence of God. And when you're in His hands, you become useful. You can be used as an instrument of mercy, an instrument of favor. And you can fulfill your purpose. God can use empty vessels. Many of you know of empty vessels out there with the promise on the inside. Your responsibility is to invite them so that they can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You have to move from just thinking to doing. Just saying, God has given me this promise to actually saying, I'm going to step out. Are you ready to be used as an empty vessel? Can you see it was never the oil is never the problem. God will do what he has to do. But we have to do what we are called to do as well. I want to close with this and share something very important. It's not just dreaming it, but starting to do it. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, if you have a promise, the best thing actually is just to write it down. Because when you commit it to paper, then you're going to see it and people can see it. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Habakkuk 2. I'm going to read from verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. When it says wait for it, it just means remain in faith. Let me give you some very interesting statistics. In 1979, they did research on MBA students, and they asked them, who of you have got clear goals of the future? Only 13% had clear goals of the future, had a vision for the future, had a dream for the future. Only 13%. 3% had written it down. Ten years later, the researchers contacted the people. Those that had a clear vision of what they wanted to accomplish on average was earning double than those who did not have a clear purpose. Wow. Those who wrote it down on average were earning 10 times more than those who didn't write it down. This word is written for your success. Write it down. Make it plain. Make it simple. I shared this with our men's prayer many years ago. That specific year, we had a challenge. We challenged everybody. People that were in sales, people that have received their targets for the year in their companies, they wrote it down. Some of them said, I'm going to trust God for three times more. Others trusted God five times more. They wrote it down, put it in their office, made it clear. 
the end of that year, all of them had reached their goals and their targets. Spoke to a pastor friend on Friday. We were just talking and sharing about what God has placed in our hearts. And he said, yes, I remember. We shared this with our congregation as well. My sister-in-law made a whole banner in front of her computer with pictures and everything. You know, ladies, the way they do it when I see pictures. Says the end of the year, she called him and says, come and look here. Everything I had on my board that year came to pass. Turn to the person next to you say, write it down. Make it plain. Make it clear. Can I say one thing? If you're going to write down your vision, I know a lot of you, who, are you going to go, who of you are going to go home right after the service and write down some things? Let me see your hand. So let me give you some advice. Don't be vague. Be specific. Don't just say, I want to be happy. Write down what makes you happy. Don't just say, I want to be successful. Write down what is success for you. Remember, Hannah, she was a mother that looked after Samuel, that prayed for Samuel. That was success for her, depositing that. If you're in business, go write things down. As a child of God, I want to say to you, the first thing that you should write at the top, how many empty vessels are you going to make sure get filled with the oil this year? Go set yourself a goal on how many people am I going to invite to church? How many people am I going to lead to God? Otherwise, it's just all about you. But it's not all about us. It's all about Jesus. Amen? Are you ready to do that? Go make it clear. Make it specific. Those that are kingdom financiers or kingdom builders, go write specific goals of what you're trusting God for. Amen? Things that you want to do. This is a life Reach towards God, 2022. Go write it down. Because when you write it down, then you're committing yourself as well. Not just to yourself, but God as well. Amen? Many times it's so hard, so when you're just vague, I remember how many times I've prayed for people. They say, I want to trust God to give an extra 5,000 rand or an extra this. I say, okay, wonderful. We always want people to give more so that we can do more for God. But you know how many times that I've prayed for people they would come after six months or so and say, Pastor, can you please come and bless my car? God has blessed me with a new car now. Thinking, wow, okay, I'm happy I'll bless the car. But then I realized the increase that they got, I suddenly got an increase. And I'm so grateful I bought the car. I'm thinking, did you forget about the promise you made to God? You wanted to give more into the kingdom. But now you're driving a new car, and I want you to drive a new car. But if you've made a commitment to God, keep to that commitment. Amen? Kingdom financiers that want to do great things. We've got great projects for this year. We'll share a little bit later. Great things that we're going to do in the next month. As the winter comes, we have to be ready to help people. Amen? Trust God to bless you so that you can be a blessing. I want to say this, your goal, your dream should be bigger than you. If you can fulfill it on your own, it's too small. You'll need people to stand with you so that you can fulfill that dream. I want to close with this. There's no such thing as an unrealistic dream. There's no such thing as an unrealistic goal. There's only unrealistic time frames. Sometimes we, we want to be young people. You want to be a manager by 30. Instead of saying, I want to be an MD by 40 or 45. 
Dream big, but don't place unrealistic time frames upon yourself. Even if a mother wants to give birth within three months, she cannot. She has to walk for nine months. Amen. So sometimes we want to give birth to things in time frames that's just unrealistic. Enjoy the season. Enjoy the time where God is preparing you. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's no such thing as an unrealistic dream, an unrealistic goal. There's only unrealistic time frames. You can dream big. Do you think, do you think the vessels, if they had brought a million vessels, all million vessels would have been filled, but it would have taken a little bit longer to do it? Amen? Write it down. Make it plain. Make it clear. I remember many years ago, a family came to us. They were trusting God for another child. We prayed with them. Within a month, they fell pregnant by the grace of God. But a few months later, they came and they saw us and they said, there's a crisis. We've been at the doctor. They're advising us to terminate the pregnancy. It's a severe case. It's a very serious case. And uh, we prayed with them. That Sunday, we had a word for them. Nobody knew, only they knew. So when we gave the word, they were crying. And God, in a vision, just showed me that everything is going to be fine. And I gave them the word. I said, God, fixing this, repairing this, and gave them the word. But they took the recording, had it printed out, listened to it every night. So sometimes you have to remind yourself of that vision. Place it before yourself. See it. Listen to it. It's not part of my sermon, but Jacob with his uncle Laban with the goats, he took the reeds. When he had the spotted ones, he would make little markings in the reeds that he placed before the goats. So when the goats saw it, they gave birth. They were spotted. So if it works with goats... Guess what? It's going to work with sheep of God as well. Amen. <laughs> Amen. What are you seeing? So I want to encourage you. Go write it down. Make it plain. Make it simple. God holds your future in His hands. Be specific. What is it that makes you happy? What is success to you? What are those goals that you have, targets that you have for your business, for yourself? I think right at the top, let's put the kingdom of God first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Go set some kingdom goals for yourself. He who wins souls is wise, the Bible says. Be a soul winner in this year. Take the time, go write it down. See it every day, declare it every day. Amen? I'm more excited about the empty vessels that we're going to get filled. The souls that we're going to get saved. Amen? Kingdom goals... Family goals, personal goals, career goals, whatever. Go write it down. Make it plain. Make it simple. Ask God to reveal to you what you can do. Those hidden things that he wants to show you so that there can be a hastening. At the end, we still need God. I'm closing with this. When we started the church, I met up with a pastor and he said to me, you can be the best swimmer. You can be the best surfer. 
You can have the best surfboard. You can have the best wetsuit. You can be in the ocean the longest. But God still has to give the wave. God makes it beautiful in its time. What God has promised, He will do. You do the possible, God will do the impossible. The natural relying on the super, and soon you'll see God doing something supernatural. When you've made commitments to God, when you've made promises to God, and suddenly you see, I'm reaping here when I haven't even plowed, I'm enjoying the end result when I've not even been part of the harvest or any planting has taken place. Be good on those promises because God has been good on His promises. And you'll see God will take you from where you are to where He wants you to be. But more than that, you'll be able to maintain it. Let's keep that vision in front of us. Let's keep on declaring it. Let's know that we accomplish more when we're in a team. When we part of a dream team, it's very easy to see that dream fulfilled. See Allah. Precious Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your tremendous grace. Thank you, Lord, for putting eternity in our hearts, O oh Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your working in us and through us, O oh Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for making our way straight, making it smooth. Thank you, Lord, that you are committed to our purpose more than what we could ever understand. We ask, Lord, stretch forth your mighty right hand, cause the light of your favor to shine upon everybody's ways. Give us that jump start in our life, O oh Lord. We thank you for that. We bless you for that. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. I want everybody to put their right hand on their heart. Raise your other hand to heaven. The best jump start you can get in life is to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So put your right hand on your heart. Raise your other hand to heaven and pray this prayer aloud after me. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that he's alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life, well-pleasing in your sight, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you've prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are forgiven. Your past is over. Don't talk about your past anymore. Past is... Egypt, it's a place of bondage. It's where Israel found themselves. God is taking you out of that place to the promised land. Amen. I want to encourage you, get involved in a living church. If you're from around here and you've prayed that prayer, we want to take responsibility for you. As a matter of fact, we have to take responsibility for you to disciple you and train you in the things of the Lord so that you can finish strong. It's not how we start, it's how we finish. Amen. Has your faith been lifted? Are you ready to write down that vision? Are you ready to see God's name working in the Spirit and do something supernatural for you in this year? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm ready with you. This message has challenged me to dream big again. Bigger again. I've always had big dreams, but God wants to do so much more than what we could think, what we could dream, what we could imagine. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.